You're listening to the Auctioneer Tech Auction Podcast. AuctioneerTech.com. Technology, auctions, and auctioneers. Auction tech for the auction industry. Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of the Auctioneer Tech Auction Podcast for the week of 27 October 2008. My name is Aaron Traffis and with me today is Brandon Harker from Seabay Data Solutions, makers of Auction Flex and the guys behind Bidopia. Hi Brandon and thank you for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. Before we get to Auction Flex and, and tell me, is it is it Bidopia? Is it Bidopia? How do you how do you pronounce your bidding platform? Uh, we pronounce it we pronounce it Bidopia. Okay. Uh, kind of like uh, a derivative of Utopia. Sure, sure, and that's how I pronounced it, but I wanted to check and be sure that I was going to make a fool out of myself by pronouncing it incorrectly. Um, tell us a little bit about Seabay and, and how you became a, a vendor for the auction industry. Well, about 10 years ago, I, I had the fortune to get introduced to the live auction industry. Uh, it was about, at about that time, I was kind of ending... Uh, my my job before I started this, and uh, so uh, a few years after I was introduced to it, and uh, just came to survey the the uh, software that was available at the time, and kind of decided uh, we could build a better mousetrap. So that's what we set about doing, and uh, here we are, you know, eight years later now. What is Auction Flex? Uh, AuctionFlex is full auction management software uh, for the live auction industry. Uh, we we work for cataloged, non-cataloged, internet, and multi-parcel auctions. And uh, we do all that uh, without modularizing the software, which is kind of one of our basic tenets when we got started. Right, because other 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 solutions will charge a base price and then if you want to add for example uh, inventory exporting and importing capabilities or 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 like your multi-parcel or you know they they will piece it out and charge accordingly which has its its its, its benefits but it, it also certainly uh, gets a little frustrating um, as as, a, as an auctioneer having to uh, once you've decided to add add something to your business model then you say oh well now I have to go and buy the buy the software you know in addition to what I already have so um, that's that, that's certainly impressive. Um, talk a little bit about the the inventory management capabilities of Auction Flex, as far as the integration with 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 Bidopia, your your internet bidding platform, as well as as other platforms, and and how you can get inventory in and inventory out. We actually, uh, you know, one one of the reasons we we decided to call the software product Auction Flex was you know, the Flex stands for two things, which was flexibility and power. Uh, and so we actually have a bunch of different ways that you can get inventory into and out of the system. Um, uh, you can get into fully detailed inventory management where you're managing inventory outside of auctions with barcoded labels. Uh, you can have user-defined fields where you can capture information like, you know, in the case of antiques, it might be provenance, dimensions, weight. Uh, in automobiles, you would get collect then year make model and heavy equipment it would be hours model you know etc but, but the whole point is you can create your own inventory types and the, and the types of information that you want to collect and get as detailed with that as you want to 
Or for the other side uh, is you can just start entering a catalog with a lot number and a quick description uh, and leave it at that. Um, you can import as many images as you want or, or attach images directly to the inventory or to the catalog. Uh, we actually have a really cool tool that will actually read barcodes off of an image. So that means if you take a picture uh, of a barcode on a piece of inventory, our software can actually recognize that barcode and assign the subsequent images to that particular lot automatically. So we have a, we have a bunch of really cool tools um, to get as detailed as you want to be or, or as quick and, and, uh, and brief as you want to be. So you can, for example, based on, based on a category, in other words, if I go in and, and say that for antiques, I want to capture these three specific data types, I can specify that so that anybody entering inventory in the system is then required to enter those 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 custom types. Exactly, and and that's a good point you bring up. Is is you know a lot of times in larger auction companies, especially you know you have more than one person entering your inventory, and what the inventory types help you do is kind of standardize the information you're collecting. So instead of ending up with three variations of how somebody enters, let's say, an automobile, and maybe one person enters it 2004 F-150, but the next person enters it uh, Ford F-150, comma 2005, and, and you can imagine all the different variations. Oh, yes. Well, by standardizing those, those, invent, those user-defined fields, it then forces those descriptions into a homogenous, you know, whatever you've defined. So it, it really helps your catalog uh, be more professional looking. Very nice. What kind of, uh, while we're still on, on, on inventory entry and management, what kind of user tracking abilities, uh, if any, do you, do you have? In other words, can I, can I uh, tell what user logged in and, and entered these items or maybe the last person who edited them? Um, I, I have to dig in. Uh, I want to say that a workstation uh, is recorded. Okay. Uh, a lot of our customers actually don't even force users to log in. Um, so we have kind of mechanisms behind the scenes to track what workstation things happened at, too. Uh, I'd have to dig into that some more to know exactly uh, exactly what, to, to what detail you can get that. Sure. I suppose it would probably be fairly easy if you can provide custom custom fields. and, and, and Well, that, that's a question there in, in that can you specify when you're entering inventory um, if if one of your custom fields is displayed to the public or if it's for internal use? Absolutely. And that's that's uh, a great feature is uh, is we actually have a, a few uh, user-defined field captions that you can use that are specifically for internal use. Uh, one is a consigner item number. A lot of times consigners will consign uh, a whole, a whole you know, maybe truckload or, or uh, full of, inventory, and they've already attached their own inventory numbers, if you will, to that merchandise. And so when they get their consigner settlement out, they want that information relayed back to them. Well, obviously, our bidders don't care what, what number our consigners have assigned to an item, but we can capture that information and give that back to the consigners in a settlement sheet. Uh, another feature like that is something called uh, auctioneer notes, uh, which is something the the house wants to record that they might want to announce during the auction, but not necessarily want to put on the catalog. Well, that would show up on the auctioneer's copy and also on the auctioneer's screen. Very nice. Um, how then are those fields 
when when you look at 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 exporting the data out of AuctionFlex into whatever bidding platform the the customer utilizes, how what what kind of capabilities does the auctioneer have as far as specifying the the schema or the the arrangement of those fields in the output files? Uh, there are they have complete control over what fields should be included with an export and uh, in what order. Um, with that export routine, you can also export the images. Uh, our software automatically uh, takes your higher resolution image, automatically uh, copies that to a web-enhanced image, so it's going to be a lower resolution, a smaller size. Uh, and so as part of that export routine, you can choose whether or not to export the original high-resolution image or the optimized web uh, image. You can choose whether or not to, to export all the images or just the first one. Uh, and then you have a, a whole slew of the standard file types, uh, Excel, CSV, DBS, et cetera. Right. Um, as far as images go, first of all, where are they Where are they, and how are they stored? Do you have any standardized directory structure or anything like that? And, and, and secondly, when you, when you look at exporting images, and that, that, that's very neat. I didn't know that it, it resized and, and, and you know, batch processed the images. In that, in that processing, will it, allow, uh, will it allow you to rename it according to a, a specified schema, rename those images? We actually handle the images internally. We rename them. The software renames them internally to keep track of them. It's not according to, uh, it's actually a random file name. Um, mm -hmm. And it does that for uniqueness. Because obviously, if we named uh, the image for lot one, uh, you know, one dot JPEG, then the next auction we would have a duplicate one dot JPEG. So we, we keep track of all the inventory uh, through our own folder mechanisms and through our own internal tracking. But when you export, it gives you the option uh, to rename the image as the lot number or as the inventory number. So uh, it takes away all the all the manual renaming that, that people are used to doing. Uh, and obviously, if you have multiple images, it will give you the option of what schema to use for to handle those multiple images. So when when you enter the the description, and by description I mean you know your 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 auctioneer assigned item number and the category and all of those custom fields that you have specified that are appropriate for that kind of item. When you when you, when you enter that, do you then go and say, uh, let me assign the pictures and open a dialog box and select the select the images that you have taken for that? Is that kind of how the how the system works then? You can you can at that point you can you can actually drag and drop images right onto the item. Uh, and uh, that would be the manual process of doing it. We also have the batch image import, which tends to, I think, be used a little bit more than the than the lot by lot. Um, but certainly, it's up to you. Again, flexibility is the key. Everybody has a different way that works best for them, so we accommodate uh, all those different ways, whether it's batch image import or or uh, just one at a time. Very nice. Um We'll talk a little bit when we when, when we talk about Bitopia, and and I certainly want to cover that here in a little bit. We'll talk about how that how that in, uh, integration process works. But um, one of the, the the things that I have personally salivated over when I've looked at Auction Flex is the the handheld capabilities. Talk a little bit about the uh, the handheld devices that you have integrated and the range and 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 what what you what an auctioneer can do with those handheld units. Sure, sure. The, uh, when we were researching uh, handhelds, uh, you know, probably five, six years ago now, uh, there were a couple things that, that standard pocket PC-type handhelds and, uh, didn't do for you. And, and a pocket PC-type handheld is you know, kind of like a smartphone. It's got the color screen, and you can get them with, uh, with little keyboards or, 
or you can get them uh, uh, with just numeric keypads on them. Uh, but typically, they all are going to be consistent. They use Wi-Fi, which is of limited range. Uh, and secondly, they have a color screen that completely washes out in sunlight. Uh, and thirdly, the battery lives, when you're using Wi-Fi, tend to not last as long as an auction. So now you have to start worrying about having hot spares available. Uh, so we wanted to find a handheld solution that kind of resolved all these issues. And so the handheld that, that we found and, and that we've implemented into our software, uh, A, has a screen that does not get washed out in direct sunlight. No matter how bright it is, you can still see the screen. Uh, B, the, it uses a RF signal uh, that is out of a lower bandwidth than Wi-Fi, which allows it, you know, it's just a, a measure of physics here, uh, allows the signal to travel further uh, without breaking apart. So our typical range with our handholds is about 1,000 feet. Uh, and then lastly, the batteries, it's just three AA batteries, nothing, nothing fancy, and they'll last over 24 hours of continuous wow. use. Uh, so we so we kind of resolved all three of the issues that we had with with the handhelds uh, when we found that unit and, and made it work with our software. Very nice. And with those handhelds, you can obviously clerk an event. What other uh, are there any other things you can do? There are. There's a, there's a couple applications for the handheld. Um, the first the first and, and most often used is of course the clerking capability. You know, it can be very handy uh, handy, especially in a in a catalog sale to just walk around and, and clerk the auction in, in that mobile sale where you, where you do need that ability to walk around. It also comes with an optional uh, built-in barcode reader. With that barcode reader, you can actually scan lot labels that you've printed out with barcodes. Uh, another function that you can use the handle for is actually lotting an auction. Uh, what auction houses and uh, some heavy equipment and, and, and other type of auctions that manage inventory what they have to do is they kind of have a multi-step process. And that means they take the inventory in, they go ahead and give it an inventory number, but they're doing that before they know, you know, not necessarily, they won't know what lot number they're going to give the, uh, the item. Uh, and, you know, they may not even know what auction they're going to sell the item in. So they have to have a, a means to track the inventory. So they may go ahead and barcode the inventory, stick it in the warehouse, stick it uh, on the lot, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, and so what the handout allows them to do is, let's say later on they get the auction lined up, and in the case of, let's say, an antique gallery, they pull items out of the warehouse till they have enough, enough for an auction. They can walk uh, the line, if you will, with that handheld and scan the inventory labels uh, and assign that to a lot number for the sale so that, they, so that the catalog's in order. Uh, another thing you can do with that built-in barcode scanner is you can decode VINs. So as inventory is coming in, in this case vehicles, and I want to say it's from... 94 on, I, I might be a little off with that, but there's a barcode label on, on newer vehicles uh, that you can scan with a handheld, and our handheld will then decode and say, hey, this is you know, a 2001 Ford F-150 XLT with the V8 and the automatic transmission. Uh, so it can really make uh, uh, the inventory entry in the case of scanning VINs uh, much faster uh, and, and obviously uh, uh, less prone to errors. Uh, and then the last option it has relates to our multi-parcel uh, software that's built into AuctionFlex. And the handheld allows you to do what-if queries uh, on the fly so that your ringman can be walking around. If somebody wants to, wants to know what, what if, you know, for a new combination, uh, the ringman can just enter it right there and tell them without walking back and forth to the computer. Very nice. Um, while we're on the, the subject of multi-par, um, a couple of the guys that, 
that I work with who, when they found out that I had a uh, had an interview with you, they, they made me promise to ask you if uh, if it was in your plans to ever consider releasing a, a standalone multi-par package. Is that something that, that has ever crossed your mind? You know, we're, again, we stay away from that if for no other reason than it leads to the perception that we offer the software in modules. Uh, we, we're priced competitively, uh, and, and we have many customers who, who use AuctionFlex only for multi-parcel. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things where you can get the software and only use the multi-parcel, you can get the software and only use the regular, you know, auction management stuff, uh, or you can, you know, use them both. Uh, it's up to you, but we, we won't be splitting that out, um, it, and that's not in the plans. Sure. Um. Talk a little bit about your about your your customer database as far as uh, possible uh, multiple registrations per bidder or per seller per event. There are obviously there's certain instances where a bidder wants multiple bid cards, and of course that's an option in the software that you can assign the same bidder uh, multiple multiple uh, bidder numbers uh, for the sale. Um, but in most cases, we don't want uh, we want to prevent duplication. Uh, and in fact, when we allow a bidder to check in multiple times, we're not duplicating their information. We're we're allowing them to check in more than once. Like an but alias. We do have a, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and we, and we do have functions in the software that that when you check somebody in, uh, if you have duplicated a record, it will automatically uh, find that duplication and ask them right then and there. You know, is this the same person? In fact, uh, one of the improvements for 602 was we improved uh, that version 602 of AuctionFlex, which came out probably months and a half ago or so. Uh, one of those improvements was an improved uh, algorithm for duplication checking. Very nice. That is that has been something that that we have fought in the past was um, when we have our have our internet bidders and our our live bidders how how we handle those and so that's that's certainly something that's that's very very near and dear to me is 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 making sure that we. That, that the software has the capability of, of doing that. There was also a question posed recently on the NAA forum about uh, the need to register sellers under different uh, different live numbers without the, the duplication. Um, and, and so you, your software allows that on the seller side as well as the buyer side. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what that topic was related to is, is some auctioneers that do Typically, it's used in a multi-consigner non-catalog sale. Non-catalog meaning we haven't pre-entered any lots ahead of time. We're just going to clerk them on the fly uh, as we go. So we have to tell the software you know, what it is, you know, who we sold it to, for how much, and how many there were. Uh, in that instance, uh, it's common for customers that have multiple consigner uh, non-catalog sales to want to give, uh, to want to reuse, let's say, the same range of consigner codes. Uh, for each auction. So let's say they want to u- reuse A through Z. Uh, and they like to do that uh, for, for a couple reasons. Obviously, the first is if we have to give every consigner that ever comes into our into you know our auction house a unique, different number, then pretty soon we're going to start having some very large consigner codes. You know, you can imagine if you're trying to clerk a sale with four-digit consigner codes, the, the probability of the clerk having transposition errors uh, goes up greatly. Um, so the desire there is to a keep the consigner code short, uh, and b uh, a lot of times we don't want the same consigner from auction to auction to always have the same consigner code, because our bidders for whatever reason may may start to uh, identify that code with that bidder, and the consigner wants some ability to be anonymous with what they're selling. So it so it serves those two functions. Sure. 
You mentioned you released 6.02 uh, a month and a half ago or a couple of months ago. I noticed on your website that um, that you just released 6.03. And uh, so, so what's, in the, what's in the latest and greatest release? And maybe what are some, some future plans, uh, what you're looking forward to after that release? Well, 6.03 is pretty much kind of just a roll-up to version 6.02. 6.02 was really our last big uh, release. Uh, a couple things that came out with 602 is uh, we, we just released a new enhanced uh, checkout form. Uh, we also came up with this new uh, idea we had um, and called an auto backup tool. I don't know if you're, you're, you're familiar with the trail printer. Sure. Um, auctions. And what a trail printer is, for those that don't know, is when a auction is being parked uh, on the fly or in a cataloged format, uh, if the auction house chooses to clerk that auction live and not keep a hard copy, the trail printer can serve as that hard copy. And what it does is it automatically prints a trail of the auction as it's being conducted. Uh, and so we wanted to take that one step further, and we came up with an auto backup tool. And what that does is every X minutes, and obviously you know, for flexibility purpose, you define X. Uh, we recommend somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes. So every 20 to 30 minutes, the auto backup tool automatically makes a backup of all the data to that point and puts it on another machine that's not serving, that, that's not the server. And what that does for you is if at any point in time, uh, luckily computers are, are, are very reliable nowadays, but in the instance that your server computer should die in the middle of an auction, you could actually repurpose a secondary workstation or, or a client workstation as the new server, use that backup, and be up and rolling. Very nice. Is that is that just the backup of the event in progress, or does that serve as an, as an entire database backup? It would be an entire database backup. Wow. Very nice. Um, what are what what what's next on the development on the development list? Is there anything that you're looking at? I'm actually working on a really cool tool right now uh, that we're going to be rolling out here probably within the next week or two. Uh, one of the challenges our, our customers have had, uh, particularly our auction galleries, is generating a phone bid schedule. Uh, if you can imagine, uh, higher-end antiques typically have a lot of phone bidders uh, that, that will want to be called when their particular lot that they're interested in come up. Well, when you get you know a few hundred, a uh, hundred to two hundred phone bidders that are that are wanting to be contacted on you know maybe an average of a dozen or so lots each. Generating a schedule uh, for a bank of phone employees can be quite a task. Um, and obviously, your phone bidders have to have uh, things like they need to have so many lots between phone calls so they have time to establish the phone call with the next bidder. Uh, they need things like uh, maybe some clients only speak a certain language, so we have to restrict who they can talk to in the phone bank. There are a lot of variables that go into the phone bid, generating a phone bid schedule, and up to now, it's been a fairly tedious uh, process uh, to generate that schedule. I'm actually almost done with a new phone scheduler uh, that takes that multi-hour process uh, that the auction house is manually doing now uh, and making it completely automatic. Wow. Um, you, had, you had mentioned um, earlier about how you have a, a, a fee structure that you want to keep it all together. I know that you have a a, a, a rental option, uh, for lack of a better term. Why don't you talk one time a little bit about the, the fee structure for, for the AuctionFlex product? Sure, sure. Uh, early on, we, you know, 
I've I've always kind of uh, compared buying software uh, to getting to getting married. Uh, in essence, uh, at the time when we got started, basically everybody wanted you to, to buy their multi-thousand-dollar software without really giving it a test throw. Um, and I, I kind of equate that to marrying you know, to marrying somebody on the first date. You know what I mean? Uh, Absolutely. So we kind of had the. Aaron McKee's analogy for that is he said it's kind of like a mother-in-law. You have to take it home and learn to love it once you made the decision. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, so we kind of had a different approach with that, and that was that we were going to offer our software, uh, as well as that typical outright purchase, we were also going to offer it on a rental plan. And the way that that rental plan is different is it's literally month to month, which means if we don't make you happy, uh, for any way, shape, or form, you can cancel, and you'll never get another bill from us. And essentially, that's uh, that's the put up or shut up mentality. And so we think, you know, if we do our job and provide the service and provide the software, the rest takes care of itself. You bet. And that's based on uh, on the number of workstations. Is that? It is. It is. We license the software based on the number of workstations that you would use. Uh, a typical uh, auctioneer is going to be around two to three workstations. We have some with as many as 25 and some with uh, only only one workstation. But to give you an example of the pricing, uh, three workstation rental can be had for $75 a month, uh, and the outright purchase of that is $1,800. Sure. And at any time, one of the things we do with our rental is uh, if at any time you decide you want to convert a rental to an outright purchase, we actually apply 50% of the previous 12 months rental towards the purchase price. So it's really a risk-free way to get started. Nice. What is Bitopia? Well, Bitopia was kind of the uh, the fruition of the, the early intent with the software was that uh, there should be a common place uh, for our customers to have their auctions posted. And, and let me explain a little bit kind of how that works. We have a product we call an integrated web service. And what that does is that allows our customers to upload their auctions uh, to our web servers. Um, but what happens is our web servers can actually serve, we give our customers special links, and so our web servers serve as a branded solution for them to easily show upcoming auctions, uh, catalogs, and or previews. Um, and on top of that, uh, we also have the ability to do internet absentee bidding or internet-only auctions. And what Bitopia is, is Bitopia is a website where all of our customers' auctions will show up as well. So our servers are doing double duty. They're serving as the back end for our customers' websites in a branded type solution. So you go to, to XYZ Auction, and you click their link that we provided to them, but it says click here for our upcoming auctions. It's actually now being powered, once, once uh, somebody clicks on that link, it's actually now being powered by our web servers that still looks identical to XYZ's website, and it only has their auctions on it. Well, at the same time, that auction is also available on Bitopia. And so our customers kind of get double exposure for free. They get that branded solution, and they get the portal benefit of having their auctions aggregated with, you know, many, many other customers' auctions. And so it kind of gives you just extra exposure with no additional cost. Very nice. So you're both integrated and the portal solution. Um, you mentioned the, the absentee bidding. Um, we in the article that I have that I have written in the way that I'm describing that that's um, the 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 pre-auction bidding. 
Um, yep, do you yep. do you have the the capability? I would assume for someone to run an internet only auction as well. We do, and in fact, that's actually becoming more popular. Uh, we're seeing a push towards customers doing internet only auctions, and as a result of that, we've added you know, numerous functions for our customers that are doing those. Uh, they have slightly different requirements uh, and different options that they can use. You know, one of the neat, really neat features of an Internet-only auction is something called a stagger close or a soft close. Um, and what the soft close allows you to do is it prevents sniping. And if you don't know what sniping is, sniping is when somebody waits until the last three seconds of, of the item uh, that's, that's being sold. They wait until that last three seconds before it closes, and then they place a winning bid. And that prevents anybody else that was willing to bid more from being able to raise their bid. Well, what that soft close option does is let's say we've set it to three minutes. It means if somebody places a bid on that lot in the last three minutes, the bidding for that lot will be extended by an additional three minutes. And so it kind of brings that live auction element uh, into uh, an Internet-only auction in that you can have an item be extended for 30 to 60 minutes after it was in after it was intended to close, uh, because a handful of bidders are bidding back and forth. Uh, so it's a really neat feature. You bet. Do you also offer a, uh, a the the or what I refer to as a staggered ending? In other words, the ability to end one item this minute and the next item the next minute, and or or, or is everything set to a, a specific coded end time? No, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's an important function of Internet-only auctions is, is the stagger close, uh, which is different than the soft close. The soft close determines uh, that, that uh, the bid on a particular lot uh, will be extended. But the stagger close, what that allows is every lot to close at an interval behind the previous one. Uh, and that's very handy for your internet bidder because, you know, maybe I was really interested in lot number one, but I didn't, somebody else was, was willing to bid more. Well, with a staggered close, maybe lot number five is a similar item. And because lot number five, let's say, closes five minutes later than lot number one, I now have time to go raise my bid on lot number five. Um, so it, again, introduces introduces an, a live auction element to an internet-only auction. You bet. And with, with version 602, one of the things we added was uh, previous to 602, we only had an option where you could set that stagger setting for the entire auction. So if you set it for, let's say, 30 seconds, every lot would close 30 seconds after the previous one. We still have that option, but now we also added the option where you can set your own stagger times by lot. So in an internet-only auction, it's typical for high-dollar items to be up front in the catalog, which is a little bit different than a live auction where they typically place it anywhere from the, the end of the first third to somewhere in the middle uh, is it, typical. But with internet-only, those tend to be pushed right up to the front. And so what they can do is you know, maybe they want two-minute intervals on the first 30 lots because those are higher-dollar items, but then after that they want the stagger to, to go down to 15 seconds. Well, it gives them the ability to have that variable stagger. That's very impressive. Right now, uh, your, your Bidopia does or does, does not have options for, for real-time bidding during the sale. We do not do uh, a real-time broadcasting. Um, that is a service that, that we've kind of forged relationships uh, with the vendors that do offer those services. Uh, and we've worked real closely with them um, to, to make it as easy uh, as possible to import and export your information. So you would export your catalog with all your images, and AuctionFlex will put it all in a folder for you and allow you to, to send it on its way to them. 
Uh, and we've kind of stayed out of that industry because we hear good feedback um, from our customers that use the vendors uh, out there. You know, if our customers were coming back with us and saying, you know, these guys are horrible, you got you need to come up with a solution, we'd be we'd be looking into it. But we kind of think the market's being served well right now, and uh, and we've just forged relationships with those vendors instead. What are the registration requirements for me if I want to log on to Bidopia or one of the auctioneers uh, who are using it? Uh, and and place an internet bid. Well, again, uh, flexibility being the key there, it's completely up to the auctioneer. Uh, it can it can be as little as just give us your name and address, and we'll believe you and allow you to bid. To uh, authenticated credit card, meaning that you would be required to provide your credit card. And and here's an important thing to note: our software or our back end, our servers they will actually validate the credit card. So it's better than just verifying that it's a legitimate credit card. We will actually validate that it can that it can be charged to uh, and authenticated against and then allow access to, to the auction uh, based on your settings. Uh, at that point, when somebody does, uh, does register and, and provide that credit card information, you have the ability to automatically give them permission to leave bids up to a certain amount. If they then exceed that amount, uh, you'll give to an email that says they've, they've requested permission uh, for a greater amount, and at that point, you can exercise uh, additional identification. Using using Bidopia is um, is is a feature of uh, of purchasing Auction Flex, or do you allow the use of that platform uh, for for others? Um, is that an extension of AuctionFlex? How does that relationship work? BidOpi is kind of our website that's geared towards bidders. You know, all of our customers' auctions are also available from AuctionFlex.com, but the focus of AuctionFlex.com is information for our customers, uh, auctioneers. Um, the focus of BidOpia is towards the bidders. Uh, and so we've, we've delineated that to try to not confuse people as to what AuctionFlex is and what Bidopia is. Um, so Bidopia is the place where all of our customers that are using our online bidding solution, their auctions will show up. Uh, AuctionFlex is a little bit different in that from the AuctionFlex website, if you search auctions, you'll actually get all auctions regardless of whether or not they're using us for Internet bidding. See, one of the features we have uh, that we offer for free is the ability for our customers to use our online catalog without Internet absentee bidding. And if you're not using Internet absentee bidding, we provide that service for free. Um, so so it, it really is a, you know, obviously we do that because we want to get you used to publishing catalogs, getting your bidders to show up to your website to view your catalog. And we hope that, that we can offer a bidding solution that makes sense for you as an extension to that. What kind of options does an auctioneer have as far as notifying a successful uh, winning Internet bidder after the, after the live event that he or she has won an item? There is built into the software uh, what we call the auto notification tool. Um, and what it allows you to do is with a single click of a button, it will send out all of your absentee bid results. And it's not just the people who left bids online, but you know somebody may have come in house and left some absentee bids too. Well, if you have an email address on their customer record, it's going to send an email to those guys too, and it will send them a list of every lot they bid on, uh, what their maximum bid was, and uh, whether, obviously whether or not they won, and what they if they did win, uh, what amount they won for, and if they did not win, uh, you can optionally show them the winning bid amount. 
some some of our customers prefer to not display that, and others do display it. So that's up to you. What are some What are some future plans that you have for your for your internet bidding platform? Uh, we we're probably looking into some uh, integration so uh, for auto payment uh, so that people can then receive their invoice. Um, obviously, that's an option too to just automatically uh, email out invoices to all your successful uh, online bidders. Uh, but we'd like to automate a payment process so that. From directly from that email, somebody could go online and pay you via credit card, pay our customer via credit card, uh, and then that would automatically propagate into their invoice so that it would show with tape, uh, and whoever's managing the inventory could release it. Uh, I think that could that's going to be a feature we're going to need to add for our internet-only customers. Um, the the difficulty in that is everybody has their own merchant account. You know, obviously, if everybody used the same merchant account, you know, I could probably have it done tomorrow by by three o'clock. Um, <laughs> but everybody uses different merchant accounts, and different merchant accounts have restrictions to what gateways they can use, and so it becomes a little bit uh, difficult to provide, if you will, a universal solution for that. But I think that's something we're going to have to figure out and, and add in the future. What kind of interface is there uh, between uh, between Bidopia and and uh, in the auction flex software as far as um, what's the process that one would go through to download the for example the, the the list of customers who have placed internet bids is that something that you can download from the from the cloud and bring it to your local machine so if a, a, an absentee bidder comes in you know right before the auction's over and says hey did I win anything do you have that that regist- registration information locally then or how does that that interface work absolutely in a, in a- in a sale that's doing internet absentee bidding, you know, prior to the auction, uh, there is a download button right on the software to download all of the bidder's information and all the bids they've left automatically with a single click. And because it's so, excuse me, <coughs> because it's so simple and so fast, we actually have customers that will not close their internet absentee bidding until half an hour before their live auction actually starts. Um, so. They're able to just download that information, uh, and it integrates, you know, real time with the software. Uh, and you can download as many times as you want. In the meantime, you can be entering manually entering absentee bids, and there's no collisions. There's no, you know, the software makes it as easy as possible to to handle those things without without any any stress or worries. Those those imports of bids and of customers, those are, um, I I assume it's very seamless and 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 simple with with your internet platform. Does does the AuctionFlex software allow for a similar kind of import with another internet bidding provider, or with any? Absolutely, absolutely. That's a good question. You know, we believe that your information is your information. We uh, we we obviously never take the approach of, of holding your data hostage. Uh, and so what we do is we give you all the tools you need. Um, that that if if you want to use a different provider. Uh, then you can import absentee bids. You can import bidders. Uh, you can have them checked in right to the auction by having a column for the bid card number right in your spreadsheet. There's the duplication analysis. We'll run on that import uh, as you import it. Uh, and so, yeah, absolutely, we have customers that, that choose to use uh, alternative uh, Internet bidding solutions. And by all means, that's uh, we want to make it as easy as possible for you to do whatever makes most sense for your organization. And I would assume that on on the other side, after the auction is over, you have uh, customizable exports to 
to to push out the the item number and the price and the bidder so that those results can then be posted back to whatever platform the user is using. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. We we have uh, numerous export mechanisms. So, however you need the information, Auction Flex will spit it out. That sounds great. What is the what is the fee structure for for your internet bidding platform? We're a little bit unique. Uh, again, I, I think we tend to be unique in some of our ideas. Um, I think there's always a danger of reinventing the wheel or being truly innovative, but I think we've stayed on the truly innovative side, and that is. We actually charge our, our standard fee for an auction being conducted on our website uh, is a setup fee of nothing. It's zero dollars to set up, and it's twenty-five cents per unique bid, with a maximum of a hundred dollars per auction. And let me define what unique bid per lot means. Uh, if I go bid on previously mentioned lot number one, and somebody behind comes along behind me later on and outbids me. Our service will automatically send me an email and says, hey, you've been outbid on this lot. Click here to, to raise your bid. And I go there and I click and I raise my bid. At that point, I'm still just one unique bidder per lot. So I don't, it isn't a charge for every time I go leave a bid on a lot. It's unique bidder per lot. And then again, it, it maxes out at $100. So we have customers that will post auctions and they'll literally get thousands and thousands and thousands of bids uh, for an auction. Uh, and their total charge is $100. And then if you choose to use the authenticated credit card registration option, we do essentially pass on our cost for authenticating credit cards, which is a, about a dollar uh, per bidder. That is, that is very unique. Um, aside from your role as a vendor for the auction industry, what are some other ways that you've, in, you've been involved? Um, we we like to take the approach that we're educators first, um, and so any chance we get to educate auctioneers on the use of technology, uh, whether or not it relates to what we're doing, uh, just technology in general, uh, we we really are big on education, uh, and and in that regard, you know, we teach at various auction schools, um, and any chance we get um, to to post information on the forums, um, wherever it may be. You know, I find it really rewarding to take somebody who's who's doesn't understand something, you know, and, and finds finds a particular aspect of technology confusing, and really lay it out in layman's terms and, and explain this is this is how things work, and it's it's really not not confusing. Uh, once we explain it and, and take away the technical jargon, if you will, uh, and break it down, and and you know, it's it's rewarding to help somebody use technology effectively. I think we get wrapped up in using technology for technology's sake, and that's the wrong approach. We need to use make technology work for us, and, and so that that's really uh, that's really our push is, is just educating and technology in general. You bet, and I've and I've noticed I've noticed that many of your posts on the forum have have indeed nothing nothing to do with with auction flex, though I know you answer those questions, and the forum is a, is a great place to go. Um, to, to talk about not only AuctionFlex but any software or any part of the, the auction industry, but I've known, noticed that you will uh, respond and help out uh, any other auctioneers with, with, with generic questions about technology and website usage and, and just anything. So um, I, I have noticed that, and, and, uh, and I thank you very much, Brandon, for joining me. Absolutely.
Well, that's it for episode nine. My guest tonight was Brandon Harker from Seabay Data Solutions. You can find out more about AuctionFlex by going to auctionflex.com. That's auctionflex.com. You've been listening to the Auction Podcast from Auctioneer Tech. If you have suggestions, questions, or comments, or are interested in being a guest, please let me know by going to www.auctioneertech.com slash feedback and leaving a message. You can also post public comments about this or any other episode, as well as find show transcripts on the Auction Podcast page of auctioneertech.com. Thank you for listening. Now go sell something.